Today's episode of The Startup Diary is sponsored by Fidus Information Security. Being awarded a Cyber Essentials Plus Certificate with the help of Fidus Information Security opens up a whole host of new opportunities for your business. You've got to tell me more. I'm going to tell you more. This government scheme allows businesses to work with public sector agencies such as the Ministry of Defense and it also serves as a benchmark for how to keep your business safe online. Harry, but how can someone go about getting a Cyber Essentials Plus certificate? You are asking all the right questions today, Adam. You have to complete a questionnaire and have both an internal and external infrastructure vulnerability scan. Sounds technical. It's like going to the airport but a little bit more frisky. This means that your emails will be tested to see how they respond to malware, your devices will be assessed for holes in their security, and your computers will be tested for malicious file downloads. And we all know those emails that we want to open, because it's like, I'm owed this by HMRC. You're really not. All of this needs to be tested by security experts, such as FIDAS. Now, Harry, this sounds like something our listeners definitely need to pay attention to. Tell me. Tell me you negotiated a deal with these guys. Oh, 100%, mate. So, listeners of this podcast can receive a £600 discount, meaning your business could be awarded a Cyber Essentials Plus certificate for as little as £1,200. That's a bargain, mate. It's an absolute steal. Visit sd.fidusinfosec.com for more information. That's sd.fidusinfosec.com. S-E-C.com. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Startup Diary Podcast. In this episode, we talk about how to launch an app, all about pre-launch, validate the idea through to a very tactical approach to make sure you can de-risk it, build a community, and make sure there is a revenue model behind the scenes that will work. Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 265 of The Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, along with my lovely co-host, Adam Callow. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) You caught me slightly off guard. I then reverted to jump straight back up to the mics. Sorry if the levels burst a little bit then. Yeah, that blew my eardrums. Uh, Today, we are covering, Adam, a listener question. Oh, okay. came in. that I've just clicked off of and can't find. So I'm just going to make some noise while I find it. Uh, It is from a Theobald Mardinley. Mardinley. (laughs) Theobald, I'm so sorry about the way that Aris butchered this. I'm not looking at this right now, so I apologize. Yeah, apologies for butchering your last name. But Theobald asks... You know what? I'll read. I'll I'll read his message. I'll read his message and give you a bit of context. Okay, cool. Because because otherwise I'd be skipping a few paragraphs. Um, first of all, thanks a lot for your brilliant podcast. <laughs> Today's an exception. <laughs> uh, I ran a startup in France seven years ago, uh, and I wish I had your precious advice at this time. I'm now in London running the Wallace Collection restaurant. Lots of stress and little money, but I love the human side of it. I am at the same time starting to work on a mobile phone app idea I've had in mind for a while. I put all my spare energy in it and thanks to the advice and support like your podcast, my projects started 
to get into good shape. Um, I know your time's precious. It would be extremely grateful if you could answer this question for me. Uh, can So he's basically asking, sorry, the English gets a bit broken or maybe I copied it over wrong. Uh, but it says, I know your time's precious. I will be extremely grateful if you can share with me a bit of your experience on launching an app. Thanks in advance, Theobald. Okay, I'm just going to try and recap some of the stuff that I heard. Mm -hmm. Please Um, please do. (laughs) Please confirm. Used to run a startup seven years ago. Correct. Over in France? Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Now is... Oui, oui. Now is... (laughs) Bonjour. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) The only thing I know is by GCSE French. Uh, That's it's as far as I go. Uh, And he runs the business. (laughs) (laughs) Not in France, though, dude. Um... So is he now running a startup in London or is he working? Uh, at? He he works, sorry, he's uh, in London running the Wallace Collection restaurant. Okay, so he's doing his own business right now. But in his spare time, he's uh, got a mobile phone app idea that he's obviously putting a lot of time and effort into. Um, But he, he just wants to know what your experience is with launching an app and maybe any advice you can share with him on how he should approach launching his. This okay. No so, context as to what the app is. No, that's that's um, fine. I think I want to take a step back more than anything. First, is Theobald? Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, <laughs> Don't it, ask for a second name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, bro. Um, I think the thing I want to unpackage first is uh, is why is he running the Wallace Collection? Wallace Collection Company. I'm just going to call it Wallace. Why is he running Wallace, which is a restaurant thing, which he says is high stress, little money, but enjoys the the people side of the business? Is what I heard. Yep. Why is he doing that? And at the same point, trying to launch an app. This is where I think a lot of people make mistakes. Is just I, I guess just to jump in there, yeah. I guess just because he needs money to pay bills, and okay. building building an app isn't earning any money at that point in time. Building an app isn't making any money, but I guess here's what I want to work out. There's no context in this right now, but there's two things. Either he's building this app to support the Wallace Collection Company which is one avenue or mm-hmm. it's a completely new side business, side hustle that he wants to do to make some revenue and it's completely different. Mm-hmm. If he sat in front of me right now, I'd be asking, okay, so why are you splitting your efforts across two different projects? Because doing one business itself is so difficult. It's unbelievably hard to get traction and to be an entrepreneur that runs a profitable business. Splitting your energy across two different projects before one of them is doing really well to the point where you can build a team around it and actually buy yourself some time back to do a separate project. I'm hoping what he's doing is he's using this app. This app sort of feeds into the Wallace collection company, or the Wallace business. The The idea of him splitting his energy and effort right now, when he said it's high stress, little money, and he's now taking on this second project mm. is a big concern for me. And I'd just like to just put that on the table before we go into the app stuff. I just think when someone's got one thing right now that they're focusing on, if you are if you have the conviction that this thing is going to work, you just need to double down on that. And like we spoke about in the last episode, which we've referenced, but we've never explained, stack it or scrap it. Like he needs to stack this business on top of each other to build the layers, to make it more profitable, to make it enjoyable, to build a team, not split his efforts. Because what he'll end up doing is doing three, four, five projects at 10, 20% compared to trying to do one well. And it's all about focus right now. So I'm gonna take the assumption that he is building an app. Mm-hmm. And what's your, what, from the way it reads, you're looking at it, does it sound like a separate business? <laughs> um, we've got 
still call in the uh, in in my notes. So whether that's the name of the app, I'm not sure. Um, Did you say it's like a new idea or something? Um, no, I've not got any. It's just got an app idea that it's had in mind for a while. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. All right, it's fine. I just, uh, guys, on this note, if you're listening to this show right now, feel well when you listen to this, awesome. Follow up with anything you want to. But if you send in a question, give some context. Mm. We might not read the whole thing out on the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you don't, if there's any sensitive information that you want to share with us, but not on the show, just just say keep it anonymous or whatever. We we'll just hundred percent gloss like, over. Say this bit. Don't talk about the show, but you can read mm. this bit. Cool. Just helps us answer it. Let's just get into the meat and bones in terms of how things that I've thought about when launching an app. So for anyone that's listening, Expert Trades, we've got an app mm-hmm. in the app store that helps trade professionals do quotes, invoices, car payments, manage profiles. It's a very complex technical app that's there to do the admin work of a small business. Quotes, invoices, all that good stuff. So if, if Theobald came and sat to me as I've got this great idea, any advice on launching this app? I, my first thing would be is have you validated the product and mm. I'm not going to go over everything yep. what what we should probably do and I don't know whether you want to drop it in now or at the beginning or at the end is go back and listen to a certain episode where we talk about validating your idea it'd be great if we can work out what show that is <laughs> so firstly I just want to say is validate the idea secondly one thing that's really hard with apps is the revenue model behind it mm. so there's if we talk about app revenue models for a very brief second is there's probably three to think about. So you've got freemium, which basically means you are building an app with a feature set that if you pay for it, you get increased features. So have you got any ideas of like an app that we've used or you use that is a freemium model where you've used it, got to a tier and gone, actually, I'm going to unlock this because the idea of freemium is you've used it to the point, it's become part of a habit, mm-hmm. you've got value from it, and then you go, actually, I want the extra bells and whistles. Have you, have you got anything like uh, that? So just off the top of my head, something I'm using at the moment is my fitness pal. Basically, you have pretty much full functionality of a lot of the core features. Yep. Um, what it puts behind a premium paywall, um, and I think it's a subscription, um, like a it monthly is. fee. Yeah. Um, it gives you more control over how you want to see your data. So, for example, there's a it's the free version reports your calorie and macro intakes on a graph in one way only. Macros are the th- like yeah, split so in three protein, areas. carbs, fats, for example. Yeah, okay. um, so you just get a single pie chart, I think it is. But if you pay for premium you've got more control over how you set your goals, the different, um, yeah, different goal setting, different reporting, just, it basically just does, it doesn't do anything new, it just gives you more control and more features on the functions. So it's, I quite like that because you get to try everything and see how it works and understand the platform. Yep. But then if you want more, if you want it to be more powerful um, in the data it gives you, you pay. So it's the same thing, but better. Yeah. And you were able to try it first before... Yeah, free to download and free to use and free to build the habit around yep. and let it become part of your life. And then obviously for them, they, they, they've they obviously spent time learning what the cool features are because some of the reporting it does is good, but you wish it did it the other way, which is behind the paywall. <laughs> okay. So... Dangles a carrot yeah. maybe a little bit. So there's, there's that freemium model. And the reason that there's two different upfront paid for service I want to talk about. Freemium, by giving someone access to the app to try it first, lets them understand the value before paying for it. 
Awesome. One model. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's an app that before you even get into it, you have to pay for. Example being, which I spoke about in the last show, yeah. the Waterminder app for me, four ninety nine. The Streets app, two ninety nine. Couldn't play with it first. Googled it, looked good, paid for it, downloaded it. Mm-hmm. I then have to work out, is this thing any good and is it valuable? So there's those two paid for models. And for me, I would always recommend having some way to allow your user to experience the product first before asking them to pay. Otherwise, what you have to do is you have to do an amazing job upfront of marketing. Because if you think about when someone goes into the app, they can test it and try it themselves. They can experience it. You can onboard them. Whereas you have to get someone over the payment line before they're even into the app if it's a pay-to-play straight away app. Mm -hmm. Think about those two things. Depending on what your app does, again, no context here. But if your app is something that's a utility that people should be using over and over again, um, work out a way to give them a flavor or a taste of what it does. Get them in, show them the value to the point that you move them to where they want to pay for it. And it might be like Harry's is, you get extra features or like our app at the expert trades is we toyed with this idea we did loads of different things yeah we've tried a lot but we worked out that when you're doing a quoting and invoicing app is that people creating your first quoting invoice is a barrier they want to know what it looks like how easy it is what does it look like for my customers mm-hmm. so what we did is we made that completely free and they have full 100% unlimited access to all functions features and everything so they can try and test everything out Unlike my fitness pal, which you spoke yeah. about, you can use that for free always forever. Whereas our app is actually once you get to 10 quotes, that's an indicator that you're using the app and you're getting value from mm-hmm. it. So then you have to pay 10 mm-hmm. quotes, 10 invoices or 10 certificates, uh, which is a trade thing. Um, th- because that's our way to say, actually, we're going to move someone through, onboard them onto the app to the point that they get value. Then we're actually moving them. We know that once they get to three to five quotes, they're going to pay. The reason we don't do it at five is because we want to then build the habit. Mm-hmm. So between five and nine quotes is actually, it's becoming a habit for them. They're using it over and over again. They've stopped testing it, which is the one to three. Three to five is actually using it. Five to 10 is building the habit. Then they have no problem mm-hmm. paying for the app. So that's that's the way that we've done it. So you've got two paid models, freemium, get them in, get them to test it and experience it, then pay for it, add a paywall. One thing you've got to work out is where that paywall needs to be. And it's way too hard to try and cover mm-hmm. that off on a podcast without any context. Yeah, or, there's a, yeah, there's a big story behind that. <laughs> 100%. Or you do a massive job up front marketing the app and then it's click to download, it's £4.99 a month mm. and you have to pay instantly. Then the third way, to, the, the third opportunity to make money from an app, um, there's, I'm going to say four actually. One, an app that has millions of users can sell ad space. Fine. I think that's a unicorn. Like it's very hard to build an app to get to that level to the point that mm. the ad revenue off the back of it works. I think the last one I can think about that really smashed it. What was that? Well, I actually think my fitness pal um cuz if I, if I look at the lo- the the app icon has the Under Armour thing, so I don't know if Under Armour bought them out. They, they did buy it. So they it's just built, branded, they yeah, built yeah. the platform. But again, I think it's always it's always been the free pay to upgrade model, but they must have just had such a huge influx of people using the platform because if, they gave a a key set of functions away for free 100% but I think that's rare but I think the the benefit if you look at that perfect example Under Armour is a sports and fitness company mm. and what they want to do is have access to people in the sports and fitness market who are thinking about their health mm. so for them it makes perfect sense as in which gets me onto my last model which is data like when you've got someone using your app there are ways to monetize it without charging the user there's it obviously has to be 100% compliant. Mm-hmm. But if you've got an app that is all about reviewing cars, 
okay? You have built an app where you review cars and every month you give away uh, 500 pounds worth of fuel vouchers and like you build a community around car lovers and all this crap. All of a sudden, you've got all this data of people that like Aston Martins and people mm. that like Fords and where they're based and where they bought them from and what price they paid and what other cars they like, what cars they've got on their aspirational wish list in there. You could then build a whole load of functions, build a community around car lovers. And then what you could then do is then take the data off the back of it and say, actually, uh, most people that drive a Ford, uh, I don't know any Ford models, Harry. Mondeo. Ford Mondeo aspirationally wants to buy a, name a car. Aston Martin. uh, Thank you, an Aston Martin. (laughs) And then you've got data behind the scenes that then you package up and then sell to brands and go, actually, we've got all this data set. And they can then pay you for access to market to those people. So the actual product isn't the app. The product is the users within the app. Mm. They get the value for free amazing which means you have no barriers to entry and you can get to scale you try to do a good marketing job and then you use the data behind the back end to monetize it so the first thing first anyone that's listening to the show is work out where you get value from the app work that out today before you go and build something um on that validating your idea did you find it did a search uh we've got a few shows um so episode 248 is failing to communicate the value of your idea 248. We've also got episode 221, validating your MVP. MVP. Minimal viable, minimum viable product. That is literally the way that, what episode is that? That is 221. So I'm going to just segue off of that in case, I know you might have another yeah. one, but 221, go listen to that because one thing that I want to ask Theobald is, does it need to be an absolute sexy does it need to be an app first? Like, can you can you make a web version of this mm. first? Because web is a lot easier to build. And if you're getting someone else to build it, building a website version of it to then test where the value is for the user before you then go and build native iOS, native Android, all that good stuff. And everyone connects this on the phone anyway. Exactly. Build yeah. a responsive website. We even went through a stage a year ago. We thought, actually, should expert trade just mm. be web? Because it works on the web very well. And it works for all platforms. Mm. But native apps have extra functions. Work out the features within your app and go, actually, we've got 12 features here. This is what I want to build. What's the one, two or three things that you think are the golden bullets that people really care about? And then ask yourself, can I build this web only? And if you can, even if it's not perfect, you'd rather get something out the door, get it done, get users in and giving you feedback without having this massive outlay in this three, six, 12 months development cycle of this app that when you push it out, it's not really what people wanted. So, my question on anyone thinking about building an app is can you build the MVP side of mm. it is can that be a a web version to, to start with? Did you have another show that you uh, Yeah, about? and one one more going way back into the archives was episode 50. Um, wow. Q&A, how to validate your ideas. Episode 50, cool. So, so there's three shows there. I, that, I, I can't promise the quality on that. Um, Theobald, I 100% recommend you go listen to all three. So... That's where I think about in terms of how you should think about getting the app. This is actually, I don't know whether I've just gone on a tangent, but this is this is not about launching the app. Mm. This is about like pre-launch and making sure he's making the right decisions before he even builds the damn thing, to be honest. Um, was his question predominantly around launching the app? It was about launching, um, but there was no context as to whether he was ready to launch. Yep. Um, or whether he still um, needed to validate the idea. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just jump in and just say, 
let's take this car idea, okay? If anyone wants an idea out there, go build a car community and sell the data back to Ford and Aston Martin. So let's just say you want to build this app for this community. If, let's say this is Theobald's idea. Here's my approach. I then build a landing page, which is the featured benefits app. I then get a designer to mock up what the app's going to look like. So it looks like it's built. I then have something that says, get early access to the best car community launching March, 2019. I then run Facebook ads with different messaging to that landing page Mm -hmm. to then build an email list up. Because it's much easier to get someone to a landing page to an email than it is to run a Facebook ad, which is a click to download app into App Store to then get the download, to then get them to install it, to then get them to sign up to it and get them in. Five, six, seven barriers to entry. So even if the app's ready, and if you're working on an app right now, I strongly advise you build an email list first, whether you collect email only or text messages. Here's what I'll do, take one step back put them into a landing page, then hit a button, send them into type form, which is free, which is an online form for a certain amount of 100 entries. Send them into a type form, what's your email address? What phone do you have, iOS or Android? Put your, put your phone number in here, and then when it's ready, we'll send you a link. That's what I'd 100% do now. Build up the list. What you'll do is you'll validate the features that people want. Your app's got 12 features. Run an advert for all 12 features. Work out is the one that people care about based on the click-through rate of the That's ad. That's one ad per feature. One ad yep. per feature. Or run... Four ads per feature, but make sure that you have a single feature set that is being spoken about in that ad group. Because then you're going to go, actually, no one cares about the community element. Everyone cares about the early access they might get to drive an Aston Martin. Get early access to test drive new vehicles. Shit, click, cool. Landing page, change it all to the community that gives you early access to test drive new vehicles that Mm -hmm. you care about. Awesome, get them into the type form. Then all of a sudden you go, actually, the three feature sets I need to build in this thing first are these three, bin the rest. You do market knowledge, you build up a community, you build up an email list. So when you're ready to launch, you can go to market. Then you could go one step further. I'm getting carried away here. (laughs) I would then go one step further and say, actually, shit, let's build the email list up. That's working. I've got 20K to spend on this app. I'm not going to spend my 20K on the app bill right now. I'm going to spend it all on marketing. I'm going to build this huge list of people because I know what works. I know what they care about. I'm then going to go and speak to Aston Martin and Ford and say, we've got all this list. Would you like to be our first primary sponsor for the first year? Whatever. Go and monetize these guys before you build the app. And then would that finance the 100%. bill? 100%. That's what so, I do. So, they, so you would... I'd finance the user acquisition with the cash I've got, not the app build. So you would, valid, you would validate the audience and then potentially sell the idea in form of sponsorship? Whatever or, the revenue model is behind okay, it. Okay. Whatever you're going to go and sell to Aston Martin, whatever the revenue you've decided, it's that one, work out the revenue model, build up the user base. Because whatever your revenue model is, if it's a brand deal, the one thing they care about is eyeballs. How hmm. many users do you have that are interested in Aston Martins? Cool. Well, I've got 37,000 people that are car lovers. And on this form that I had, I know I know what car they drive now, what's their aspirational car, and I've got their email address and phone number. They're mm. going to download this app. Do you want to take part? No, I'll go to the next guy. I would do all that first, mm. then build up. Because what you've got then is you've got a user base of people. And then you can go back to them and say, hey, guys, um, what's the next feature that we want to build? Vote. You can do this all community mm. building engagement activity rather than guesswork. And it also makes the original, you can do some cool stuff. Look, I'm wearing a founding member t-shirt. This isn't something that I've made up on the spot. We did this thing. We said, actually guys, we want to build a new product next year. Are you in? We need 2000 people to say yes. 6,556 people said, I'm in. So we're building it. Like copy this, just do this. (laughs) Because what you end up with is one, you save loads of time and money because you don't need to go and build an app that no one wants. Two, you get okay at Facebook ads because you're going to have to pay for them and learn, which is super important to do it yourself. Three, you're going to end up with an email list of people that care about your app and data 
to then go and sell to brands, which is step four, to make sure your monetization plan works. Do that, Theobald. Job done. Nice. Good luck. <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully, Theobald, that answers your question. If not, you can follow up. And guys, if you have a question like Theobald did, you can email questions at startupdiary.club or you can join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash startupdiaryclub. <laughs> and in that group... If you are listening to this the day this episode is released, which is on the Monday, yesterday, me and Harry were in that group doing a live stream to catch up with the awesome people we've got in there. Quick shout out to Shane and Alison for being the admins of that group. You guys do an amazing job. Guys, hopefully you've enjoyed this show. Fire in any questions that you've got. Take part. Let's make 2019 your best year ever. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Startup Drive podcast. Mm-hmm.